This short code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the short code podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews by students for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Short Coat Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. Short coats, can you feel? the energy in the air. It's like a sort of electric crackle of excitement, as though the very fabric of the universe is shivering with anticipation. Is it because Leslie David Baker, who played Stanley Hudson on The Office, has a Kickstarter to bring the character back to life in a spinoff entitled Uncle Stan? Maybe it's because YouTube's Jojo Siwa changed her hair color from blonde to brunette and back again recently. Or maybe it's the rumor that Taylor Swift has been replaced by the clone of a former satanic high priestess at the behest of the Illuminati? (laughs) The answer is no to all of them. No. That energetic feeling is because of my co-hosts. Say hello to M2's Mariam Mansour. Hi. Kayla Cruz. Hi, everyone. Nikitha Pothoretti. Hey, guys. And Greta Becker. Hi, guys. Uh, some of you are joining me in the form of ones and zeros. Greta, you're here in the studio. It's all good. I don't care. I just, as long as you're here. Amen. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> I feel it. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you knew about that uh, Taylor Swift thing. I didn't know about that in today, uh, until today. It's apparently a conspiracy theory uh, that she's been replaced by an Illuminati clone for <laughs> reasons that I'm completely unclear why that would be, why that would be necessary. <laughs> It sounds up Nikki's alley. I'll tell you what. <laughs> no, I love a good conspiracy theory. <laughs> Who's Illuminati? They're always thinking, you know, they're always, they've always got plans. What, what would you, if, if you're the conspiracy theory expert amongst mm. us today, what would be the reason you could imagine for this? <sighs> um, you tap into your- Hitler's just ready to retire, you know? Someone who? else has to take over. Oh, so you think it was, it was- it was Tay-Tay mm-hmm. who was, you know, called up the Illuminati on their 800 number. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right after her documentary went out, she was like, it's time. I'm ready. Yeah. Thank you for calling Illuminati. How can we help you? <laughs> We're going to put you on hold for a second. <laughs> Your conspiracy theory is important to us. Please hold the line for the next available Illuminati. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited to have you guys on the show. We've got a listener question um, uh, about something that I didn't know about. The AAMC recently released an email about this new video interviewing system that they plan to use this cycle, called Vita, that is apparently used pretty widely for job hiring. Basically, it is a one-way interview where you are given six prompts and you have three minutes to answer each prompt. You'd complete the interview once, and it would be sent to every medical school that wants to receive that information from you. From my understanding so far, it seems like it's not a replacement for a face-to-face interview, just an additional thing to do. It's also not clear if the AAMC introduced this because of COVID-19 or if they were planning to introduce the tool regardless. Just wondering if you could address this, especially for people who are really concerned about what it might mean for their future. 
also what benefit would a one-way interview give to medical schools as opposed to doing virtual interviews, and what would this one-way interview accomplish if they are going to do a virtual interview anyway? Yeah, so, I, you know, this is the first I've heard of it, as I said, so I, I, I got Soma to pass along the email uh, from the AAMC that was sent to students announcing this uh, program. I also checked out the AAMC's uh, VITA or VITA page, which is aimed at medical schools. Um, And depending on which message you're reading, you get the impression that it was designed just for you. Um, And uh, definitely to alleviate the problems associated with interviewing in 2020 under COVID-19 restrictions. Um, Yeah, as far as I can, so here's how it works. As far as I can tell, you record it once. You do this once so that it's available to any school who wants it when you apply to their program. And I'd hope that school would be kind of upfront about whether they're going to do that or not. Um, the, the format is you're presented with a text question, which you have one minute to consider, and then you have three minutes to answer on camera right then and there. Uh, you could do all six questions in one session, or you can answer as many questions as you like over time. As long as you you know, get it done by the school deadline, um, that should be fine. The, um, and the questions themselves are a, combination of, are, are a combination of questions about your journey and experiences, uh, questions that allow you to demonstrate your level of knowledge and skills related to competencies, and situational questions. And your responses aren't stored, apparently, until you click a button at the end. Um, and it takes about 35 to 40 minutes to do these uh, six questions, if you do it all in one sitting, I guess. What do you, how do you, what do you think that's, you think that, what do you think of that plan, <laughs> that idea? I don't know. I don't really understand the goal of it. It's like, I feel like at this point in the pandemic, most schools probably have a plan of what they're going to do for virtual interviews. And I would hope so. I would hope so, <laughs> even if that's not what they want to do. Um, and so you'd think that in that virtual interview, they could ask generic, straight, like generic questions that are generated by the AAMC if that's what they want, or they could ask, very specific questions like, why do you want to come to our school? What about your experiences? Make you a good candidate for our school. So it's like, what is that Vita adding? Um, and I just feel like it also puts an added component to an al- al- already very stressful year for a lot of people who probably had troubles getting their MCATs done and getting letters of recommendation. So I'd be interested to know if they were going to have this because of COVID or if they had just planned on adding it already um, before the pandemic. Well, and there's already so many hoops you you have to jump through to get into medical school. It just adds one more hoop to get through, to get there. Like you already have to have all your volunteering and leadership and the MCAT and grades. And now you're adding this. And like, that's a lot of pressure too, for that 18 minutes to sit there <laughs> and be a real person while you're not in front of a person, but talking to a computer. Mm-hmm. And like people have bad interview days and this kind of makes it seem like. Oh, now, like, yeah. Now you've got two interview days. <laughs> yeah. To worry it's like, about. okay, yes. I had a, my bad interview day was sent to all 10 med schools that I applied to. Like, yeehaw. I mean, I think, a, I think the, 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 the mitigating factor there is that you don't have to submit it. And, well, I don't know. Like, so I can't do you tell. Get do you to re-record it? Can you, you re-record like it? it or does it because just. Because I am that person who would sit there over it for like 12, 15 different tries and be like, no, I blinked at the wrong second. We're doing it again. Um, <laughs> I just, that would psych me the crap out. Like, me too. Versus just being in front of an mm-hmm. actual human being. It's a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking to the point of why they would want to do it, Dave, I feel like you mentioned something about the questions being uh, standard like background questions. So I feel like this might be aimed at a layer of quote efficiency, um, getting those questions, again, quote, out of the way so that you could 
get to more specific questions as to what each school is looking for. Um, yeah, I mean, these are like standard screening questions, right? Screening questions is a good mm -hmm. way to say it. Yeah, you know, I, like, could, I could see that. That's their only... I mean, that has to be their purpose is to, is to I don't yes. Like it it kind of reminds me of like the, I never did an MMI, the mini mm -hmm. interviews. Mm -hmm. It kind of gives yeah. that vibe. But again, like why wouldn't this, if that's what the school wanted to do, why wouldn't they just do a virtual MMI themselves? Mm -hmm. I did some Googling on it the night before and it, it just seems really vague, like everything about it. They said that it could be used anywhere along the application process, depending. Oh, on I didn't see that. The school, yeah. So it could be used for. Initial I guess that makes sense. Screening. They can add, they can get that information whenever they want. So. Mm hmm. That's true. Secondary screening or with like the existing interview. So it's just it it leaves a lot out of the control of the applicant, and I feel like so much is already out of the control of the applicants. Also, they were talking about the AI feature, and I feel mm -hmm. like I would be staring at the screen and like overthinking where I'm looking the whole time that I would come off super weird during the whole thing. <laughs> I think she said, I, I think she said, I, I took this part out of her question just for uh, the sake of length. Um, but I think, I don't think the AI part is in there. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't think the AI part is in there. There was no mention of it on the AMC's page about it. And I mean, if it, if if it was in there, I would be like, no, that's t t the hella problematic. <laughs> yeah, Kayla's <laughs> voice is too annoying to get through that. Oh <laughs> my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, a very very. Uh, I don't know. They, they say that. So, so if you look at what the double AMC wrote about it on the med school side, it was like our member schools asked for this. Mm. Um, maybe they did like a few months ago. Um, but I think now that, you know, we've all been exposed to virtual everything, um, I would be surprised if, I mean, I know we're not doing it. Mm -hmm. I did ask Amy and, and uh, I think from, from our perspective here, um, we just kind of like a more personal interaction mm -hmm. with people. And in a year when we're even that much further removed from our applicants, we're not going to put an additional layer between yeah. um, the Carver College of Medicine and our applicants. Mm -hmm. um, it's worth. It's also worth noting that the AAMC piloted a similar program with emergency medicine residency programs a few years ago, um, and it's been dropped, or it will be dropped after this year's application cycle due to the lack of interest from both programs and applicants. So hmm. fascinating. I mean, it seemed like from reading the description of that, it seemed like they were pretty much the same. And so I don't know. There's also I, another layer of it. Sorry, Nikki. Um, there's also another layer of it where I feel like in my past, anytime that I've been put in front of a camera to record something, it's just so natural to rehearse and yes. act it out versus for me being in front of an actual human being or interacting with an actual person there's a layer like there's a wall in my head like i might try to remember main points like main talking points if you will mm -hmm. but i can't rehearse that versus if i sat in front of a camera i can't be as personable right. i feel like i'm trying to act something i'm selling myself it's a commercial it's Here's a performance <laughs> yeah it's a performance and, and and you know an interview is a performance but you're right. I mean, it would just add to that whole feeling of like, I'm an actor. Right. You know, yeah. um, and this is what actors do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know what this reminds me of, actually? Did you guys ever have to take Casper? I was, I was gonna just going to say that. Yes. <laughs> the personality test. What's yes. Casper? There, 
personality test? It was stressful. <laughs> it's like, um, it was a test that a couple of the schools I applied yeah. to when I was applying to medical schools required it. And it's this situational judgment type of test yeah. where they give you a scenario like, Stacy has BO and she's working <laughs> on a group project with you and Prime your example. group members won't contribute unless you fix the situation. So what are you going to do? And I'm like, oh no, Stacy, I don't know. <laughs> you never find out how you do, right? I never yeah. get that, but. No, they never give you yeah. the results. They send it to all of the medical schools. You don't even uh-huh. get to decide like where it goes so and it's right, time let's, let's, too so I, like I, I need to go through this scenario what do you, <laughs> what in fact do you do with poor stacy whose bo is overpowering your group project like oh <laughs> you guys stacy has the worst body odor i can't even contribute to our project because of it i know i think the situations are pretty ridiculous some of the ones that they give but i did a lot of googling preparing for this and <laughs> there's a formula you're supposed to adhere to so it's like you say you have to say this perspective of stacy where it's like stacy is unaware of her bo and she's frustrated that her group members aren't participating <laughs> and then you have to say the perspective of the group members where the group members want to participate but they can't work around stacy's bo so <laughs> so you have to say everyone's perspective you have to say what your role in it is as a fellow group member i don't know if it's in my position to tell everyone what to do. And then you have to come up with some type of solution. So it's like, I say we have a group intervention meeting where everyone says how they're feeling and I don't put (laughs) words in people's mouths and I let everyone put everything out in the open. And then you, you kind of just hope that's correct. I don't know. Stacy, It's Stacey, hard to Stacey. say. I think I was we wanted part. to get you together today <laughs> because you stank, girl. Um, and it's real bad. Real bad. Can't, I can't concentrate it so bad. Okay. Poor Stacy. Yeah. She's in a tough spot. There Uh, were a lot of video prompts, too. So some of them were written prompts, but some of them were video prompts. And those were mm -hmm. quite the time. Hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) Really bad acting. And I don't think turn to you as if you're actually standing there. They're like, what do you think? And then it jumps to the next page and you have to type (laughs) Matt. It's like Dora. It's like Dora the Explorer. That's exactly what I was going to (laughs) say. Uh, what do we do about smelly Stacy? <laughs> Stacy, no Stacy. Stacy, no stinking. Oh boy. Okay. Well, yeah. I, as I say, I weren't. I, I, you know, I feel like I appreciate the. If I were med school, they'd be like, yeah, I appreciate the help, but I feel like it's a, I feel like overall, I feel like this is a uh, solution in search of a problem, as they say, like hmm. we, we, you know, we got this now. Maybe we, maybe we were like freaked out in the beginning. I bet a lot of people were, I mean, I know I was, um, but I think by now we got this. If you're going to do, I, I would be surprised if you're going to do a virtual interview already. Um, I don't know why you would add another. I mean, it's also just another step for the schools right. to go through. Yeah. Um, but anyway, thanks I for I mean, the- to play, to play devil's advocate though, maybe something good about this, if they changed up the questions a little bit and made it more school specific is that it could be something good for the applicant to see more about the school before they decide whether they want to pay for a flight and hotel costs and travel all the way if they're offered an interview. Because I had a phone screening for one of the schools that I applied for 
before I was offered an in-person interview. And the phone screening kind of affirmed my feelings for the school and made me want to be willing to pay that amount of money to be able to travel all the way to that school state and interview in person. So that could be a good thing, but I also, questions aren't school specific though, right? No, they're, and I they're, also, no. they're just, yeah, a, it's just so. like a standard QBank kind of And situation. I also think like the secondaries kind of cover that, that area mm. too. Like a lot of my questions were like, why do you want to go to the school or <laughs> why would you fit in here? You know, here's, yeah. here's an idea. Why not make the schools do the video thing? Why not make the schools <laughs> submit their answers to standard questions? Mm. For I would the, support that. For yeah. the applicants. Also support. <laughs> and then if the applicants term. are like, oh, that sounds like a shitty answer. I'm not going to apply to that school. Then then they've done part of the work for us. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's true. There you go. I mean, if you're, you're if 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 it's among your goals to seek out a fit between you and the school. Oh, I like this idea. I don't think Amy would like it. <laughs> just because that sounds like some that sounds like well i don't know maybe maybe she would like maybe it would be good i'm gonna suggest it amy <laughs> make it happen and then she'll never talk to me again <laughs> it's a thought yeah good luck soma it yeah is. good luck and give it your best shot thing. yeah this has to yeah. be a stressful time yeah just don't blink too much and smile <laughs> Don't blink and too much. What are the list of things? Side. What are the list of things we can make applicants self-conscious about? Oh God! <laughs> Don't blink I too know. much. You do think about every little thing, though. If you feel like you have a camera in your face, or it's a recording too, so you can't. Yeah. You may not be aware of your ticks until after it's already sent out into the world. So. Yeah. Check for boogies. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. Don't blink too much. All that kind of stuff, and you'll be fine. Hey, uh, don't forget, listeners, uh, we're having our annual summer listener drive. We are content to have you listening, right? I got no problem with that. Um, It's not like I want you to go away and to replace you with other listeners. Uh, We just have to have more because, I mean, that's what this, I mean, that's what I, that's what I crave validation by, by the sheer number of listeners. It's all I have in this world. Uh, our show depends on word of mouth to get people to give us a try, so I'm going to bribe you. Uh, share the show on the internet wherever potential listeners hang out, uh, med students, uh, pre-med students, nursing students, wherever students hang out. Um, and Share an episode, take a screenshot, send that screenshot to theshortcoats.gmail.com, and I'll send you a free pin that I made by myself. I didn't order this pin, Greta. I believe you. I did not order this pin off the internet. No, 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 no. I made it myself. I 3D printed it. I put some, some, you know, clear epoxy over it to protect it. I put a, I glued a little friggin' pin on the back so you could put it on your shirt or in your ears. <laughs> and uh, it's made with love. So uh, it's just my way of saying thanks for telling the world about us. Um, be great if you would do that uh, for us. So uh, in the news, the first person to be treated for sickle cell disease with uh, CRISPR in the U.S. is celebrating the anniversary of her treatment this year. And the news is pretty good. NPR has been following her progress for the past year. And her doctors uh, have found that it seems to be working. Virtually all her diseases complications have been alleviated. Mm. Um, if you don't know what that what sickle cell disease is, it's caused by a mutation. Uh, well, you guys tell me. You guys are the MD students. What What is sickle cell disease? Um, sickle cell disease is caused by a mutation in 
the hemoglobin molecule that carries oxygen in your mm-hmm. red blood cells. Um, so when people have sickle cell disease, their red blood cells Stop. Are sh- stick together. You're d- oh, sorry. Kayla. Go, Nikki. Popcorn. Oh, Nikki, you're up. What? Kayla! <laughs> That's what Greta said. Greta called you. Yeah. I guess it has to be it has to be Nikki. And when they when they stick together, it's bad. Very bad. It's painful, I think. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that is Go. word for word the answer on like step one. <laughs> it's, it's how bad. we learned it, exactly. Very, bad very disease. Bad. <laughs> yeah, it turns the cells into a sort of spiky shape that gets all jammed up. Causes pain, organ damage, death, things like that, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So her treatment, um, I guess it involves aspirating bone marrow cells. I touched my nose. Now I gotta friggin' <laughs> bleach yourself. Germic. Yeah. Sanitize everything. Dip myself in acid. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it involves aspirating bone marrow cells and then treating them with CRISPR to edit another gene that enables the cells to produce fetal hemoglobin and then putting them back in. Um, and the fetal, fetal hemoglobin, which usually stops being made after birth, takes over for the malformed hemoglobin. Um, And the treatment can also be used to treat beta thalassemia in which patients don't make enough hemoglobin. Fetal hemoglobin has a higher affinity for oxygen, right? Than adult hemoglobin? I think so. I believe so. Yeah. So yay. Fetuses need oxygen. (laughs) Makes sense. Um, patient in Germany with beta, beta thalassemia has also been treated and uh, hasn't had to have a transfusion in 15 months. And there are quite a few other people undergoing trials right now um, that appear to be having pretty positive results too. So yay. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It is awesome. I think sickle cell disease is like very relevant to our times right now just because it's a disease that <clears throat> primarily affects African-Americans. So when we're thinking about like how we're t- treating them, um, you know, it only becomes more and more relevant, especially with gene therapy. It's like such a risky thing. We never, it's such an experimental process that that's kind of my first thought when I saw that in the news this week too, is like, it's so exciting that it worked, but also like we have to be even so much more cautious given the patient population for that disease. Yeah. And I think what you're referring to is the problematic history that medicine has yes. with African-Americans. Yeah. Um, there's all kinds of things that, uh, doctors have done, um, in the name of science, uh, that really, well, yeah, wasn't uh, wasn't all that good. So it's interesting. Okay, well, uh, pop quiz. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna pick on you. I'm picking on Greta because yeah, she, she's like in the room. Staring at me. She's close. I'm picking on Greta because she's in the room. But I'm gonna pick on Mar- Mariam this time. Pop oh quiz, Mariam. What is a functional MRI and what is it for? fMRIs are scans of the body, kind of like a CT, but they work differently in that they use magnet magic and something about ions, I don't know. Um, (laughs) They can be used to image, as far as I know, a good portion of the body. So I know fMRIs are really popular with the brain because you can inject dye, I think, and like... Yeah, the brain loves a good fMRI. Real popular with brain. Something to do with metabolism, right? Like you're... Yeah, yeah, is it showing the active? The goes. Yeah, like the, the active glucose. areas. Um, and then I know that they're also used, um, you can do like a body F- MRI. I don't know if it would be an fMRI or if it would just be an MRI um, in the context of cancer, I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't know too much more about imaging. That's From, about all yeah. I got. <laughs> Go, Mariam. <laughs> that was really good. I yeah. think I remember the cancer part. Yeah, <laughs> like those right. areas light up. <laughs> yeah, because they use more glucose. Higher activity. Yeah. 
I just want you to we know. just need each other. Like, yeah. As long as I hate you guys. <laughs> pull on whatever remnants of like these exactly. lecture slides. <laughs> we, we I'll try. Each other's. <laughs> I've been, okay, I have been pushing for partner exams since day one. I oh, I would love that. that. <laughs> Aren't you glad you that we're going to be your doctors? We've been doing that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think you did pretty good um, from what I've read, which is very little. Um, yeah, I think it, it, from what I read, it shows blood flow in the brain. Oh. Um, and it's used to determine which regions of the brain are active during the scan. So this is particular to brain fMRI. Which regions are active during the scan? So you can use that to figure out which brain regions are used for certain tasks. So, you know, they maybe they're, um, you know, trying to tie a knot or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can see which brain regions are being used. Except that that might be totally wrong. Uh, turns out that uh, Duke University study has blown up that idea. It turns out that when you have the same person do the same task weeks or months later, the results are very different, which would mean that fMRI doesn't measure what we think it measures, um, you know, activity in the brain, like what is being used. Um, the study looked at peer-reviewed published papers and found that none had consistent results. Uh, the lead author himself is an, is an fMRI researcher. Um, but he says this whole subbranch of fMRI could go extinct if the problem can't be addressed. Um, and it got me thinking, like, medicine is, a lot of medicine is looking at proxy information to figure mm -hmm. out what's going on or to evaluate <laughs> how healthy somebody is. You know, you look at, you know, somebody's resting heart rate to figure out, you know, whether or not they're, um, what, uh, physically fit or cardiovascularly fit or something like that. Does that make, is that a thing? Sure. I would like to say Greta has a great resting heart rate Ooh, <laughs> from when we did all the physical exam stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to say, how do you know? Are you, are you like... I just know Don't Greta. Yeah. <laughs> That's Kayla's out. superpower. She can tell your resting heart rate just by looking at you. <laughs> What's your resting heart rate? It's like... 50 or oh. something like that. I run. Yeah, I think it's because if you like run a lot, you have a, I don't know. Maybe I, I'm either dying healthier. or I'm like fit. One or the other. If She's I told you, if I told you that my resting heart rate was 64. No, that's good too. That's pretty good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That is good. Yeah. I'm a big fat man. Look, <laughs> that's what I'm saying is that I'm not sure that all of the things that we look at, that you look at as physicians, say exactly what you we think they say all the time. I think, you know, like heart rate and, and blood pressure and all that kind of stuff, those are pretty well-researched things, and I think we can count on those pretty well. Um, I just happen to have a, a really slow person. Um, but maybe you have a good resting heart rate, and then I take your blood pressure, and it's super high, and if I just relied on one bit of information to tell me that you have a good heart, then... Oh. Good point. Good point. I like it. <laughs> Very good, Greta. You're, I, you'd make a good doctor. <laughs> <laughs> you can take heart rate and you can take blood pressure. Good job. <laughs> barely. Kayla Things knows. I can barely take blood pressure. I don't really do anymore, huh? <laughs> um, are there, uh, yeah, I guess there are, but yeah, I mean, there are other proxies that you look yeah, at. Yeah, I'm trying what to other, think of what other ones. Um, like, I don't know, re reflexes? I mean, they're all proxies. They're all, yeah. you know, like looking at something that isn't the actual thing. I mean, for like all of the cranial nerves, when we learn, it's like stick your tongue out and let me see if your palate elevates. And we're just we're trusting that like everything's connected as it should be to tell Like if you're Miriam knows this better than I do. But like if your tongue goes to <laughs> one way, that could suggest that you have a lesion with one of your cranial nerves. Like we're obviously can't look at the nerve, but we right have to put things together and I mean I don't think there's a bad thing about that we're not gonna do brain sur surgery on someone to tell whether or not 
each of their nerves is working properly. It's like we, and to an extent, we have to use some of those mimics to put things together. And they're not, I mean, they're based on anatomy and physiology. At least I hope they're somewhat rooted in science. Maybe it sounds like. <laughs> what if it was all a lie? That'd be. I was just going to say like that Nikki's theory. theory. Yeah. <laughs> that all of medicine is a lie? It's a yeah, whole simulation. We're, we're in a social experiment right now and we don't we forgot it's kind of like the truman show we yeah, forgot that, movie? that oh, we're the being truman watched show, yeah. right now yeah when they're throwing a ridiculous amount of information at us and all these made-up names that are hard to pronounce and we're expected to memorize them and help treat people with them and it just sounds it sounds like a conspiracy right like if i stopped right now they'd be like congratulations you passed the test <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love this uh, image of like of Rubenstein and uh, and Pismenti and Calgin and all these people like getting together, in a room, getting together in a room, being like, "Okay, we're gonna really f- with them this week." Yeah. What do we got? Bring your best ideas to the table, guys. Not gonna lie, it feels like that. Calgin's uh-huh. like, "I'm gonna call on them one by one." And they're all like, oh God. Man. I never got called on. Me neither. I'm just saying. You know, knock, on, knock on wood. Yeah, knock on wood right now. <laughs> yeah, for listeners, we have this ethics professor who just will cold call you in a lecture full of 200 people, and you haven't experienced fear until you've gotten cold called by. <laughs> I know. My resting heart rate during that class, like, is Spikes. not good. Yeah, mine went from 50 to 200 in a matter of minutes. <laughs> it's funny because, like, building up to a question, when you see him look down at his list, your oh. heart rate skyrockets and uh-huh. then he starts calling a name. And if it is in you, any way similar to yours, you're like, oh my God, this is it. <laughs> you can't even, and then it you passes can't even and hide. Your heart rate goes down again until the next question. Mm-hmm. Yes. You, you can't even hide. I mean, I no, guess the only way to hide is to not be there, and that would be bad. Yeah, and then you get in trouble for from other mm-hmm. people. Yeah. We haven't had that happen, have we? Where you called the name and no one said anything? I, I think, think so. But I've thought of multiple times just going to the bathroom for a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> Calgin, Dr. Calgin looks up and nobody's up. there. They're yeah, thanks, the Nikki. He just waits for you to come back. <laughs> you took a while, didn't you? She has some yeah. back problems. Now that you're back, tell us about beneficence. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh. Well, uh, you know, pretty soon, uh, as we sort of talked about at the top of the show, um, people will be interviewing and I uh, for for med school. And I was sort of wondering um, what kinds of questions would be fair to ask in this current environment? These are the situational questions. Well, maybe not the situation, like what your the actions question. So, for instance, would it be fair game to say to an applicant, how many bars have you been to since March? (laughs) Since March of 2020, how many bars have you been to? Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be curious to know how honest people were. I mean, yeah. It, I you know, have no way of knowing if they're honest or not. And the, and what are you, the, what are you the, gonna punish them if then they say yeah. well, I mean, ten or? No, I don't, you don't punish them. You just don't let them in. Yeah. Because yeah. okay, so here's why I ask. You know, of course, so, you know, we're reading in the news uh, about uh, you know the spikes in coronavirus cases across the country in various parts of the country, and a lot of the blame. I, I'm sorry, Greta, that I'm looking at you all the time. It's fine. Can I get? Can I get next time? If you're if you're not going to be here, you need to send a cardboard cutout of yourself <laughs> so that I can look at you instead. So I'm sorry if I'm being creepy, Greta. I'm sorry if I'm being creepy. 
Um, so yeah, this the spikes across the country, and a lot of it is being laid at the feet of uh, young people going to bars uh, and living it up in their college towns. Um, I think this is a fair question, don't you? Yeah, especially as you future disagree healthcare with provider. No, I do. I feel like if you're going to be a future healthcare provider and you don't have enough respect for yourself and other people to say that you can stay at home for a few months when we're in the midst of a global pandemic, you, I don't know, does anyone else have a thought on that? <laughs> Greta, didn't I see you at that bar? On, no, oh. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> we're in completely different states, so wow. definitely kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm hurt. <laughs> no, I, I agree. And I virtual. think it's also how they handle the question too. And like yeah. how they're reacting to the situation. Um, I think that would say a lot. It yeah. is an unsettling question on Kayla's mm-hmm. point. And I feel like a part of a, if the interview thing is being done right, you have to feel unsettled at least once because they have to put you on the spot because to an extent it's like a real time reaction. They have to give you something that you couldn't have possibly rehearsed. Um, during our interview it was an ethical type of question and it was like a paragraph leading up to it. <laughs> um, but that unsettled me because I was like, oh God, I, di- I didn't look into ethics anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like it's a fair question. Um, I mean, that one's like, point, it's not good that you can just answer it with like one word, you know, like, have you been to a bar? It's like, no or yes. But like, maybe you like, could say, what do you think about young people right. who want to yeah. have a social life and are feeling isolated, but also... Good don't want to infect their parents mm-hmm. and other people who are more at risk. Wow, like that was, that, you're, that's leading the question make them, a little bit. As, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but you know, a yes or no answer. Yeah, no, my, my question was... we don't work in admissions. My question was terrible, but your question was better for sure. Or uh, like frame it in terms of advice. Be like, what advice would you give to like a younger person who is coming to you with these concerns that they feel like quarantine is bogus or whatever? Um, mm-hmm. Social distancing is stupid. <laughs> Masks are for the weak. Like, I don't know. Probably Masks not phrase for it that way, but, but um, yeah, I think it would be an okay question to ask. Yeah. And I think something just to consider, too, is why are bars open right now? Mm-hmm. You know, why do people have these options to go to the mall or be in these social settings? And I know there should be an expectation. Like, hopefully it's only 21 years and over people who are going to these bars. But um, there should be an expectation that, people are old enough to make the right decision and know enough. Mm -hmm. But also I feel like the pessimist in me is saying, maybe don't just wholeheartedly trust everyone to do the right thing and have some precautions in place. Being realistic is a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think if you are not able to, okay, so this is a message to our listeners. I'm going to lay some some Papa Dave truth on you. If you can't answer that question, how many bars have you been to uh, with a zero, then I don't think you should apply to med school. What do you, is that is that too strong? Is that too much? Sometimes the truth hurts. I, well, I know. I don't think you should apply. I think, I think, and, and you know, like, okay, I understand that some people make mistakes. Some people operate from false assumptions, all this kind of stuff. But I think it's pretty clear that the reason you don't do these things, the reason you wear a mask, the reason you don't go to bars willy-nilly, the reason you don't have COVID parties like they did in, what was that state? Alabama? Alabama. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. 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 The, this group had a, had, go ahead, you explain. Oh, it, yeah, so it was just a whole bunch of uh, younger uh, people going to parties, maybe 20s or so, or, or, or upper teens, I don't know. And it was in Alabama, and um, I don't know if they were betting on people getting corona or... Yeah. It was like the first person to get sick wins a prize. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What? Morons. Mm-hmm. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is that if you don't understand certain basic fundamental facts of 
the of this epidemic by now actually instantly um then i'm i'm just i don't understand i i i i if i and i if i knew that i would be like mm, no you don't have the mm-hmm. you don't have the sense of um what's the word i'm looking for this the selflessness mm-hmm. that you need in order to to do this, to be, to, to do this calling. Mm-hmm. And Dave, on that point, I feel like you could also add to it that in medicine and in healthcare in general, there is a sense of selflessness. And I know that sometimes people push against that and they're like, it's just a job, but really, really no, there, there is a sense of sacrifice. And if you are not able to kind of press on yourself a little during hard times like this and go, okay, it's not safe for me to do X, Y, and Z, then in the future, when you're put into difficult situations, it's going to be hard for you to do that too. So I know that extrapolating stuff like this is a little dangerous, <laughs> dangerous waters I'm trending on here. Yeah. But it's also not to say that like we as medical students don't have like the urge to go hang out with our friends. Like oh, yeah, on Tuesday yeah, night, I was invited to like yeah. a taco. Yeah party whatever and i I was like oh i want to go so bad but i also know that like if they see me as a medical student at the party like that just adds fuel to the fire i have such sympathy because i can believe it or not i can remember when i was you know 22 years old or whatever you know like i can remember that i felt like the most important thing in the world was hanging out with my butts (laughs) you know like you know absolutely the most important thing um but yeah, that's not the right, you know, like that sacrifice has to be made in this situation, no matter how bad mm-hmm. um, it mm-hmm. feels. And I hate how some people are making it a political issue or yes. I'm I have rights to not be told what to do, not to wear a mask. And it's not I think people aren't realizing it's not about that one person like you wearing a mask is protecting someone else. And actually, it could be protecting you, too. So mm-hmm. But even if you don't care, even if you don't care about yourself, Mm -hmm. you got to care about other people. That's the whole point. It's just basic human decency. Yeah, it's the whole point of of being a physician is that you're going to get into this to care for other people. Mm Very true. I haven't seen I haven't seen anything in regards to medical school about this, but I did see one or two news articles about um, students who had gotten into college and then they had made some posts online about like not caring about a mask or saying uh, I don't care about Black Lives Matter and I want these protests to stop. And the schools rescinded their acceptance to the students. So there are consequences mm-hmm. when you put these views out there that are harmful. But I, I don't know about if it was asked as an interview question. <sighs> I guess I guess I am on your side. If they say, yes, I am going out and I'm exposing myself and others to coronavirus, then they probably shouldn't be going to into a profession where they have to help others and maybe put them other people ahead of themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we all agree. <laughs> on this topic, but I would like to hear from listeners who feel otherwise. <laughs> You're not going to change my mind. <laughs> you ain't going to change my mind. I mean, there's a lot of things I can change my mind on. You know, like I'm pretty flexible. Mike Pence writes in next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you just, you just, yeah. Now there's somebody pounding on a keyboard out there because of that, Greta. <laughs> I'll never come again. <laughs> Oh boy, I got a, I got, so my wife and I, we got an anonymous letter in the mail <laughs> this week, an anonymous letter. So Ooh. background, um, our house is on a corner, prominent corner. Uh, well, not prominent, the, pro- the corner isn't prominent. <laughs> like, everybody knows that corner. Um, but the corner is, it's, it's, an ob- it's in an obvious place. And so my wife 
uh, and I have put up signs, uh, you know, liberal signs, liberal uh, things like, you know, any any functioning adult 2020 and there's a pride flag and then there's Black Lives Matter and all this kind of stuff. We're being like ultra, like obviously liberal. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we got this anonymous letter in our mailbox. Th- this is like partly I'm telling the story partly because if, if something bad happens, you know, you guys, it's, it's like on it. the record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we got this anonymous letter um, that says just a whole bunch of like, like super right wing, like you guys are, you guys are ridiculous. But it was very, it was very chummy. Uh, it was very chummy. Like <laughs> every time I go by your house, I have to laugh. <laughs> about, you know, and now you've got a Black Lives Matter sign up. You know that guy in Iowa City, he was arrested and he's like, blah, blah, blah. he's like a, I don't, I don't even remember what it said. Um, but it was addressed to David and Christine Etler. So they had to look up our names to send, you know, mm-hmm. and it's a little creepy. It's yeah, very creepy. A lot of it's work. more than a little yeah. creepy. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I confess that I have looked up other people online. <laughs> <laughs> To find out information about them. So, you know, I'm not going to be too, I don't even be too creeped it's out. It's doable. It. It's doable. It's very doable. You can find out a lot. <laughs> um, so why I don't use Nextdoor because they insist you have to use your first name, your first and last name. Um, you guys don't even know what Nextdoor is, do you? No. Like oh, no, I know. I joined my family's oh, Nextdoor app. <laughs> and so now I see everyone complaining about the raccoons in the neighborhood and yeah. the feral cats. <laughs> fireworks. Yeah, fireworks. That's, that's the big one right yeah, now. Yeah, that's the current one, too. You guys doing Fourth of July stuff? No. Yeah, good. Good answer. <laughs> Whoa, another interview question there. <laughs> don't make, huh? me, don't make yeah. me kick you out of med school, Greta. No, there's a, in Coralville. Uh, yeah, there's a drive-in fireworks. It's basically drive-in fireworks. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to do it. I haven't gotten out of the house in weeks. I feel like this is a huge family outing. Like, you, you're not supposed to get out of your car, though. Um, <laughs> and we, it's not like we have a convertible. So I don't know how that's going to work. Um, I think it said in one of the news releases that you could stay within, like, a foot of your car. So Oh, okay. So I think that's okay. Maybe. You could stay within a foot of your <laughs> That's pretty tight. <laughs> um, on your hood. Yeah. You can't put blankets out or things like that. But I'm like, I don't care. You know, like, I'm, I'm, we're going to do something this weekend because mm-hmm. I'm going crazy. All right. My brother's uh, making yeah. ribs for the celebration. Me and my family, we're, he's smoking up some ribs and that's our celebration. No. Is, he a, is he a big smoker? Is he a big smoker Yeah, he guy? has a big smoker. Yeah. Big he's the, the big grill guy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I have the, I don't know if I have the interest enough. I'll eat it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not making it, but I'm eating it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. That's our show. I don't have anything else to talk about today. Greta, Nikita, Mariam, Kay- Ma- Ma- damn it, Mariam, <laughs> Moriam, Mariam. Mariam. Ka- I think it's, I'm confused. Uh, Kayla, thank you for being my co-host today. You're welcome. All right. Thanks for having us. Time. Yeah. And what kind of garbage person would I be if I didn't thank you, Shortcoats, for making us a part of your week? If you're new here and you like what you heard today, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And wherever else fine podcasts are available, I remind you that your questions are important to the show because they mean the show can be what you want it to be about. Uh, uh, be like Soma. Send your questions and comments to the shortcoats at gmail.com. You can leave us a message at 347-SHORT-CT. We'll talk about it on the show. While your podcast app is open, we'd love a review um, with some text. I mean, I get a lot of ratings, but be interesting to have some actual text reviews. You know what I'm saying? Not hate mail. <laughs> you know what? We might get some hate mail for this just because I was like, you don't belong in med school. Mm. <laughs> Sorry about that. But let us give us some stars of review. Let us know if we're doing this podcasting thing right. 
The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities Program. Our opening music is by Dr. Vox, and our closing music is by Catmosphere. Talk to you in one week.